，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Olufsen 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。On the final day of her state visit to Guatemala, President Tsai Ing-wen met with Guatemalan President Alejandro Giamate on Sunday. During a speech, Tsai said the two nations had initiated plans for future cooperation. For his part, Giamate expressed hope for direct flights between Taiwan and Guatemala. He also said that the two nations would remain allies even if all other countries in the region cut ties with Taipei. Let's hear what the two presidents had to say. On the final evening of her state visit to Guatemala, President Tsai Ing-wen attended a banquet in her honor, where she thanked Guatemala for its warm hospitality. Through this hectic visit, we have witnessed the achievements of years of cooperation, and we have also launched more plans for cooperation in the future. This is very significant. Not long ago, a fellow Latin American president said to me, "See how Taiwan has fewer and fewer allies now." What I hope to convey to him was that if the Republic of China-Taiwan was to be left with only one Latin American ally, that ally would most definitely be Guatemala. The president's words were met with thunderous applause. As he continued, he explained that he put aside his prepared speech because no words could convey his inner feelings about his country's relationship with Taiwan. In addition to expressing my highest respect to President Tsai again, what I want to reiterate is Guatemala's firmest commitment to Taiwan. We will definitely be a voice of support for Taiwan in all international forums to uphold justice and to let the world recognize. The sovereignty of the Republic of China. We want to let the United Nations and all countries recognize the true value of Taiwan. Let's go, Taiwan! Long live Taiwan! Giamate's closing words were met with a standing ovation. Tsai grasped the Guatemalan president's hands in a firm handshake, thanking him for a strong show of support at a low ebb in Taiwan's foreign relations. Giamate also expressed to Tsai during her visit the hope for direct Taiwan-Guatemalan flights, so that the two nations would have a closer relationship. Relationship between Canada and Taiwan is brought into focus in a special report recently published by a Canadian House of Commons committee on Canada-China relations. The report recommends that Canada strengthens its position as a quote active, engaged, and reliable partner in the Indo-Pacific, including Taiwan. The report also argues that Taiwan's future is for its own people to decide. Back in Taipei, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs welcomed the report, saying it demonstrates Canada's intentions toward bilateral cooperation, as well as the importance it attaches to security in the Taiwan Strait. Meanwhile, former President Ma Ying-jeou is continuing his China tour. Over the weekend, he met with Communist Party Secretary of Hunan Shen Xiaoming, who referred to him as Mr. Ma, the Internet influencer. On Sunday, Ma met with students at Hunan University, where he pointed out a similarity between the constitutions of China and Taiwan, that both documents adopt a one-China position. 
He also stressed that Taiwan and China have the same language and that the two peoples belong to the same race. On Sunday, former President Ma Yingjiu stopped by Hunan University, where he met some of its students. We amended the constitution before 1997. Our country is divided into two parts. One is called Taiwan, and the other is called the mainland. Both belong to the Republic of China, so we are all China. Ma brought up the constitution out of the blue. What's more, he proceeded to cite the Chinese constitution, in which he highlighted a similarity to that of Taiwan. Whether it's Taiwan or the mainland, they are both under one China constitutionally. The preamble of the mainland's 1983 constitution also states that Taiwan is an inalienable part of China. So this fact is very clear. Not only do we have the same language and race, but both sides adhere to the one China position. After visiting the burial site of an ancestor in Hunan province the day before, Ma met with Communist Party Secretary of Hunan, Shen Xiaoming, who called him a social media influencer. Mr. Ma Ying-jeou's trip has received wide attention. You have been a true influencer here these two days. The title former president was never uttered. Now he is an influencer, and his status is belittled everywhere he goes. Ma's latest One China stance has only ignited more controversy. Chronic wasting disease, a neurological disease that affects deer, elk and moose, has been detected in several U.S. states and Canadian provinces. To prevent potential cross-species transmission, the health ministry announced last month a ban on the import of deer byproducts from the U.S., Canada and four other countries. Let's hear from two experts. These deer will rapidly lose weight and their mobility will also become poor. They also appear unable to interact with the world around them. The U.S. CDC has also expressed concern about potential transmission to humans, but so far there have been no such cases. The current amendment is to ban the import of deer byproducts from countries identified by the World Organization for Animal Health as having cases of chronic wasting disease. However, Taiwan's ban is unlikely to have any major impact on any of the six countries as government data shows that most deer antlers imported last year came from China and New Zealand. Taiwan is situated on active earthquake fault lines, and earthquakes large and small are quite frequent in the country. However, less than half of homeowners in Taiwan pay into a government-funded earthquake insurance plan, despite the plan having been available for over 20 years now. One professor says the government should expand the scope of payouts under the plan, arguing that doing so would encourage more people to buy coverage, giving them better protection. In the meantime, officials say they plan to improve the public's familiarity with the plan and the risks of earthquakes to their property. Our Sunday special report. Pointer stick in hand, a structural engineer walks around the room tapping on the wall. As he does so, a hollow sound can be heard. Residents discovered that the support pillars in their building's basement had cracks in the cement, and the cracks had been growing since the most recent earthquake. 
From a quick visual inspection, the cracks are more than two centimeters wide, and they've appeared in more than one spot. A piece of the floor slab has even broken off, which is more than enough cause for concern. This type of thing is caused by deterioration and is not directly linked to the earthquake. However, because of the deterioration, the steel beams are weakened, and if another major earthquake occurs nearby, that will have an impact. Following every major earthquake, the Taiwan Professional Civil Engineers Association becomes busy fielding calls for members of the public. Callers hope for a professional assessment of the structural integrity of their building. Engineers responding to the call take the opportunity to teach residents how to make such assessments on their own. When people are doing these checks, they must start from the ground floor. When there's very obvious destruction to the first floor, there's a possibility the building could collapse. If it's not that type of situation, if it's just minor damage, we can fix the damage. Horizontal or vertical cracks on beams and columns or small cracks in the corners of doors, windows and walls are not directly caused by earthquakes. What concerns engineers the most is diagonal cracks because it is the lateral force of earthquakes that causes such cracks. In engineering, we say that the heavens have given you a cross. When there's a lateral earthquake, the damage it causes is manifested in slanted cracks. When both vertical and horizontal supports repeatedly bear heavy loads, cracks will appear along both directions and then you will end up with a cross. Taiwan proper is situated on active fault lines, which causes a high number of earthquakes along the island's east coast. On September 18, 2022, a magnitude 6.8 earthquake struck Taidong. Violent shaking was felt across the island, and structural damage was reported in many areas. In neighboring Hualien County's Yuli Township, the damage was especially apparent, with a residential building, a school, and a bridge all fully or partially collapsing. The destruction was shocking for many. 花莲月里一栋大楼整个倒下来，现场烟雾弥漫，走近一看，门窗扭曲变形，外墙瓷砖掉落。According to statistics from the economics ministry, there are 36 active fault lines throughout Taiwan Island. However, the National Central University's Earthquake Research Center lists 44 active fault lines and has a map of predicted seismic activity for the next 50 years. 加义、台南，甚至高雄的这些地方，它有着。One thing that's worthy of concern is that in Jai, Tainan, Kaohsiung, and other areas with fault lines, we see that it's very possible an earthquake will occur in the future. We aren't trying to scare people with this map, but we just hope that this map will inform people of the dangers they could face in the future. Earthquakes have no visual indicators like inclement weather, and disaster-causing earthquakes occur only once every few decades or even hundreds of years. Therefore, no method of accurately predicting earthquakes has yet been devised. This means it is important for the public to always be prepared for disaster and to be mindful of the risks to personal property and housing. Because 
Following the GG earthquake, the predecessor to the Insurance Bureau devised a basic residential earthquake insurance plan. A fund for the plan was established using the balance of each year's insurance premium income after expenses. Officials hoped that the plan would allow earthquake-related insurance claims to be settled quickly. That plan protects the basic structure of the home. When the home is destroyed in an earthquake, or when the home is deemed unlivable, it will be written off. It will provide very basic compensation for a destroyed home. Currently, that amount is 1.5 million NT, as well as an additional 200,000 NT for living expenses. This insurance plan is non-compulsory and relies on the public to recognize the risks to personal property and to inquire with an insurance company about the plan. However, those getting a mortgage through a bank to buy a new or used property may find that the bank requires the borrower to purchase the plan. In the event of an earthquake, 40% of the plan's payout gets paid to the borrower directly, in addition to 200,000 NT for short-term living expenses. The remaining 60% of the payout gets paid to the bank to repay part of the mortgage. This is purely a transfer of risk to protect the bank's rights as a creditor. After all, the money is paid by the bank and the borrower just uses the building as collateral. However, the public has been slow to adopt this earthquake insurance plan. According to the Residential Earthquake Insurance Fund, as of the end of August 2022, the nationwide coverage rate for the plan was only 37.32%. Some experts believe that the biggest reason for the low adoption is that a property must be deemed a total loss before a claim can be made. Due to the strict conditions, people have been reluctant to buy into the plan. There are lots of people who bought the plan and then can't make claims, and that will be worrying to people. They live in an area struck by a major earthquake and they bought insurance. Their home isn't totally destroyed and it's not unlivable, but there is definitely damage. Adding to that, much of the clothing, furniture, electronics and water pipes in their homes are damaged. However, since the place isn't totally destroyed, the insurance won't cover the damage. This means that a building must have completely toppled, be flagged for demolition by a government agency, or be deemed unlivable by a professional engineer, and the repair cost must be greater than half the cost of rebuilding before an insurance claim can be made. Also, the maximum insurance payout is capped at 1.5 million NT, in addition to 200,000 NT for living expenses, for a total of 1.7 million NT. The purpose of the insurance plan was so that when an earthquake occurs, a homeowner whose home is destroyed can get at least 1.7 million NT in cash, which could help them get through some difficulties. An insured person can quickly get access to financial resources during an emergency. Because the premiums from earthquake insurance contribute to the Taiwan Residential Earthquake Insurance Fund, the government draws from this fund whenever claims are filed following a major earthquake. Over the more than 20 years since the fund was established, the fund has accumulated nearly 40 billion NT. Professor Lin Jianzhi, who once served as the fund's chair, believes the scope of the plan should be expanded to encourage more homeowners to seek coverage. For example, if the earthquake's intensity reaches 7, we will give insured homeowners a set percentage of the maximum payout, say 20%. If the earthquake reaches an intensity of 8, we would pay 50%, and then if it reaches 9, everything would be destroyed anyway.
However, a warning insurance payouts based on the earthquake's magnitude would raise concerns about fraudulent claims. After all, it's not a given that structures will be damaged when a strong earthquake strikes. What we can see is that the impact of earthquakes has to do with a building's structural integrity. When there's an earthquake, a building might collapse while the one next to it is unaffected. So fraudulent claims would be inevitable. This type of property insurance is called an unvalued policy. Only after an incident occurs does someone come and calculate the value of the damage, the amount of money involved. Like Taiwan, New Zealand and Japan are also in earthquake zones, and both had earthquake insurance plans 30 to 40 years before Taiwan did. Our insurance plan is only 1,350 NT annually. If we want to expand the scope of coverage, this premium is certain to be too low. In other words, if the payout rate of earthquake insurance is to be increased, the premium will also need to be increased. If compensation is to be offered for various scenarios caused by earthquakes, including power and water outages and landslides, homeowners will naturally be more inclined to purchase earthquake insurance. What is meant by comprehensive coverage is that even though the risks to my property from earthquakes may be relatively low, I'm still covered for a higher risk for flooding or other things that may cause inconvenience to my lifestyle. You tie these things together and homeowners will see that even though they won't be covered for one item, they will be covered for another one. This is more akin to what we in the insurance industry consider comprehensive coverage, full coverage. Homeowners will be more drawn to that. Quite often, people don't think about buying earthquake insurance until after an earthquake has occurred. Those who are required by their mortgage lender to get earthquake insurance will often stop coverage after their mortgage is paid off. Officials continue to tackle the issue through information campaigns, hoping to foster a general sense of the risks to property. In the future, we will address the issue in elementary, junior high, and high school curriculum. Even though kids this age are not homeowners, one day they will be. In all municipalities and townships, we will ensure that everyone gets this message. Taiwan experiences earthquakes very often, some large enough to damage property. However, the public has been slow to adopt earthquake insurance. Officials hope that they can foster a sense of risk among homeowners, and that by expanding the rate of insurance payouts, more people will seek coverage. In other news, a restaurant owner in Nantou's Chaotun Township has been providing free meals to local families in need for 11 years. Liu Futian and his wife were inspired by their own experience of financial hardship and decided to offer feasts to families. Now that business is good, they want to contribute what they can to the community. As the years go by, more and more volunteers and businesses are joining in the Love Project. Scallions and eggs are stir-fried before rice goes in the pan to make a fragrant, fluffy egg-fried rice. These pineapple and shrimp bowl plates are the favorite for children. All these dishes are given to families in need in Nantos Chaotun Township through the center run by the Taiwan Fund for Children and Families. 
My wife and I lived through tougher times when we first married. As our business has gradually improved, we wanted to do something to spread some love. Liu Futian has been giving away these meals for 11 years straight. At first, it was just Liu and his wife's project. Then, some of his friends wanted to get involved. Although inflation is rising now, they are committed to continuing their love project and even expanding the menu. We are making more dishes now than in years past because lots of businesses are sponsoring us and we have volunteers coming here to help. We each contribute whatever we have, whether it's money or energy. Six tables of food are laid out in the restaurant. The simple meal is a great blessing for the guests. Almost 60 people get to enjoy the feast, and Liu even prepares a red envelope for every single guest in a gesture of love for the community and a symbol that nobody is left out. On the second day of the tomb-sweeping holiday, rain came to an end on Sunday. The mercury is expected to rise in the next few days, with southern Taiwan possibly seeing temperatures hitting 30 degrees. The Central Weather Bureau says the balmy weather will last till the end of the holiday. Let's hear from a forecaster. The moisture has significantly reduced. As for the temperature, it's about 4 to 5 degrees higher than yesterday. The central and southern regions have relatively similar temperatures compared with yesterday. This kind of weather will last until April 5th. The next wave of cooler weather with higher chances of rain will occur on April 6th. On April 4th and 5th, there will be moisture coming in from the south of Taiwan. And when it encounters the colder seawater in the north, Low clouds or fog will likely occur in the Jinmen and Mazu areas, and that will affect visibility. The CWB says Thursday will see the arrival of the next wave of a weather front, which will cause temperatures to fall in the north, but the central and southern regions will not be affected.